And then they have the audacity to come. Are we thinking about dessert? <laughs> and you're like, are you kidding? I'm not, I'm, I, 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 there's, and that's kind of how I feel right now. I just feel like we're in a fancy restaurant. Brother Foster so blessed us with that understanding of how to handle mistreatment. Brother Foster, thank you for that. My God. And then just the moving of God's Spirit and the willingness for the people of God to move with that Spirit. Many of you are praying with people to receive healing in their situations. Do not be discouraged if you didn't see what you wanted to see. Because I believe that there is healing in this house. Because Refuge Church is at a tipping point where something has been building Something has been mounting. But I believe that the scales are about to tip in our favor and we are about to see the things that we've been believing God for but have been patiently waiting for. Amen. But I feel like there's going to be healing in this house. But many times when we think of healing, we think of immediately physical healing. And no doubt that is a very real part of physical healing. And that will happen today. But there's levels, layers of healing that are going to happen in this house. And I'm not going to wait for the altar call. But with each layer and level of healing, we are going to stop and we are going to receive. So that God can build in us the faith to receive. All that he has. So with that being said, I I just want to let you know, over the last year, Refuge Church, you, my family here, have experienced tremendous healing in ourselves. And knowing that, I want to be today an extension of the very healing that I have received over this past year. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to two portions of Scripture. Genesis chapter 3 and also John chapter 12. You don't have to turn there. They'll have it on the screen, I'm sure. Because I sent them ahead of time, the verses of Scripture. Genesis chapter 3. The Bible says this in verse 13. And the Lord God said unto the woman... What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. And upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And, somebody say and. And I will put enmity between Thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. Somebody say the seed. And it, the seed, shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. John chapter 12, and verse 20, the Bible says, And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast, The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see 
Jesus. And Philip cometh and telleth Andrew, and again Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. They're excited because somebody wants to come to church with them. And Jesus answered them saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat. Somebody say the seed. Fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. This morning, I want to preach to you at this pivotal moment of where we are. I just want to preach to you simply about the seed. But I'm going to need your help. Just as much as you lifted your hands and lifted your voices in worship in response to the move of God, I'm going to ask you once again, I want you right now to lift your hands and I want you to lift your voice and I want you to pray that God would speak to us a clear and distinct word, but let there be a demonstration of that word. Let's pray together. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, we are thankful for your word that is forever settled in heaven, but God, I am asking let it be forever settled in us this day. I pray let it not just be with excellency of speech, but let it be with a demonstration of the word of God and power for you said that that our wisdom, that our faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the demonstration of the word of God and power. So I pray release the gift of faith and let the gifts of healing begin to operate in this house so that we can move forward. I pray enable us with that healing that we might move forward. And we bind every Every hindering spirit, whether human or demonic, and we pray it all in Jesus' name. And somebody shout, in Jesus' name, amen. And you may remain seated. Um, Well, I just just wanted you to sit because, you know, you might have been standing a long time. But in creation, you have to understand that God set life in motion. But everything in creation that possesses life, with it, it also possesses the ability to reproduce that life many times through the concept of a seed. It was the earth, he said, earth bring forth grass, herb, yielding seed. So that God, once He set it in motion, He would not have to constantly be maintaining it by His Word. Because He set it in motion, it would remain in motion. And He created that concept of the seed that He put in the beast of the field. He put it in the fowl of the air. And He also put it within the fish of the sea. But when it came to the sixth day of creation and He created man, He also, when He breathed the breath of life into man, He also put with it the ability to reproduce produce that life through the seed but you know the story Adam and Eve created in the likeness the image of God you you know what they did they 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 messed up and when they had messed up God comes down and says Adam Bubba what on earth God created his own dipstick brother Foster I love that. I'm going to use that everywhere I go. If I pastor, I'm going to... 
We're going to make a department of... Um, let's all clap our hands to the Lord. <laughs> but, hey, serving God is the funnest thing I've ever done in my life. But you have to understand, he comes down, he says, Adam, what did you do? And he quickly, with the wisdom that God gave him, said, that woman, you gave me. So God moves to the woman and starts a conversation with a woman the way, gentlemen, you never start a conversation with a woman the way that God did. God comes to Eve and says, woman, what Hast thou done? I've done that many times coming home because I travel almost every weekend. And when I come home, my wife, she knows that they're probably going to give us a love offering and I'm going to be able to pay the bills and she's going to be able to get something nice. So I come home many weekends and I'll see a new uh, a dresser, you know, one of those dressers that she bought it new, but they scuffed it up and made it old to kind of make it more expensive, you know. And uh, I'll see that new dresser. And this happened a lot of times when we were having Nina. She was nesting like a mother. She was getting everything ready. And I'd come home to something brand new that I'd never seen a day in my life. And I'd say, woman, what have you done? But now as we've gotten older, we're going to be 12 years married in May, May 30th. But. Now it's not she brings stuff home. She's getting rid of stuff that's mine. <laughs> hey, where's my sweater, that one vest that I, I like you don't? Where's that, baby? Where's that at? And the woman, what have you done? But that's what God comes to the woman and says, woman, what have you done? And she turns quickly to the serpent and says, that serpent, he beguiled me and I did eat. And quickly God turns to the serpent and says, serpent, you're going to be cursed above all the beasts and the cattle of the field. On your belly shall you go and dust shall ye eat all the days of your life. And in the moment he begins to curse the serpent, in the very same breath, he gives us the very first promise of a savior he says I'm going to put enmity between the woman and you and between her seed and your seed and it the seed shall bruise your head and you are going to crush his heel and all biblical theologians and scholars agree that this is the very first promise of say of a savior in your bible this is the very first promise of a messiah that would come to save us from our sins and I'm thankful that that promise is there that prophecy of one that would come to save us from that separation because of sin. And, but don't forget. Don't move on too fast because notice how he identified that that Savior would come. He would come as a seed. And Jesus did exactly that. He came as the seed of of a woman. The Bible said that when he came, he was born of a virgin birth, the seed of a woman. So he is the seed. But not only that, it, in Romans it calls him the seed of the, the seed of David, of the lineage of David. In Galatians it says he's the seed of Abraham. But by his own admission, when those people, those Greeks asked about seeing Jesus, he said by his own omission, he identified himself. He said, my hour of glory has come. And then he said, except a corn of wheat.
fall to the ground and die and abide alone. If it bide alone and die, it's going to bring forth much fruit. But he called himself a corn of wheat, a seed. So do you get what I'm trying to say here? Jesus is not only the seed of a woman, not only is he the seed of Abraham and the seed of David by his own admission, he is that proverbial corn of wheat, that seed that would be laid in the ground abiding alone, that it would die and bring forth much fruit. He is in fact a seed. But here's how dumb the devil is. See, the devil, I said this before, I think here, the devil's so dumb that he backslid before there was even a devil. He fell away from God. Went, but here's what he did. He forgot the promise. He forgot the prophecy of how Jesus would come and how it would all play out. So what he did, the devil says that he, if the devil said, if I can just get the Romans to crucify him, the Jews to condemn him, the Romans to crucify him, if I can just have him hung on a tree at Calvary, if we can just get him crucified, if we can get him to die, then we'll just, the Bible said he was, when Jesus was buried, bring that verse of scripture up, John chapter 19, it says this, now in the place where he was crucified, there was a and in the garden, a new sepulcher or a grave wherein was never a man yet laid. And that's where the devil, if we can just crucify him, we'll take that seed and pluck it off that tree called Calvary. And we'll just put him in a burial place. But he laid a seed in a grave that was in a garden. And that's what the devil did. If we can just have him laid in the grave in a garden. But he forgot that he was a seed. So what the devil thought was the end. What the devil said was over. It was just the beginning of something brand new. And I'm telling somebody that's how it works in the kingdom of God. The the devil tells you it's over. There's no hope for your marriage. There's no hope for your family. It's all over. But I'm here to tell you he was a seed that they laid in a garden and what they thought was death was just the beginning of new life oh I wish somebody clapped their hands and shout yes <laughs> it's not over it's the beginning he was saying but what I was really wanting to get to is my wife is amazing But she drops wisdom bombs like you wouldn't believe. And all of us, all good wives do, amen. But she sent me, she sent me, my wife, on just on, in her casual reading, she came across an article. And it was an article that I got the picture for. Can you bring that picture up? Do you have that picture that I sent? It's a picture of some seeds that they had found in the Middle East. And it was seeds that were over 2,000 years old and were from the days of Jesus Christ. They found it in some pottery. And the article was talking about that they found these seeds, that these seeds belonged to a plant that had now gone extinct over 2,000 years ago. But when they found the seeds, they began to study the seeds, and they took one of the seeds, and they planted it. And what was extinct now came back to life over 2,000 years of, of a seed, came back to life. 
But what the article was about, once they planted the seed, it came up and it was a plant. And that plant, they called it uh, Methuselah, which is the oldest man in the Bible, okay? And the, the, the whole article that my wife sent me blew my mind because what it was talking about was what they did with the first seed. It belonged to a date palm tree that had gone extinct. But they took one of those seeds. Now stay with me. The seed, they began to study and in, in the article, it talks about how you can take a seed before it is ever planted. And you could break that seed open and look into the genetics of the seed. And in the genetics of the seed, you can see a painted picture of what that seed will produce in the future once it is planted. So just simply looking at this, this micro uh, version, this scaled down version, this picture that's already painted within the genetics of that seed, you can understand because it's, it's extinct. So how do you know? What it's going to produce. But the whole article was saying you can look at a seed before it is ever planted. And within its genetic makeup, it has an already painted picture of what kind of fruit will may be made available. What kind of plant it will produce. That's how seeds work. God set that in motion. And he made himself a seed. So I want to look at Jesus Christ before he was ever laid in that garden and look at his wounds and his scars and look at the genetic predisposed picture that was already painted before he would ever be planted and see what his death actually provided for us as a means of healing. Because the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2 that that one who personally bore our sins on that tree, it said that he... Through his wounds, we were healed. So are you ready to look at that seed and to see the pre-painted picture of what he would produce in as being, being as a means for our healing? Are you ready? Because you first look at Jesus, the seed. You'll look and realize that the first thing you notice is that he wore a crown of thorns and he had a broken brow and the seed with that broken brow would be laid in the grave and I believe that this is showing us by his wounds we are healed it was his broken brow that's telling us that you can receive healing in your mind that you don't have to war with the same old thoughts you've always wrestled with. Nobody else might know what's going through, going on between your ears. But there's a God that at Calvary came as a seed. And he with that broken brow said, listen, my brow was broken so I can heal your troubled mind. That has been exposed to repetitive trauma through your upbringing. Repetitive trauma through drug abuse. Through that repetitive trauma. Hear me somebody, I'm telling you, you don't don't have to wrestle with depression for the rest of your life because there is a God that had a broken brow as a seat. And there's going to be healing for our minds. And they've even done studies now that COVID has had a, a reaction in our neurological systems that is causing people to go into deep, deep, dark places of depression almost instantaneously. And people are literally struggling neurologically through that, that COVID that attacks the neurological system. But there was a seed. 
There's no coincidence, it's no coincidence that in John 19, when it talks about the place where he was crucified in the garden, that it said the place was called Golgotha or the place of the skull. That word skull in the Greek is translated cranium, which we get the English word cranium from. Do you understand that the place of the skull where Jesus was crucified, in the Latin it was rendered, that word skull in Latin was rendered Calvary. So the very thought of Calvary is referencing the cranium. It's referencing the skull, enclosing the mind. Hear me. Jesus was making a point as the seed when he bore our sins on that tree. He was saying, I made your mind and I'll show you how to have mastery over that mind so the devil cannot manipulate you through your thoughts and manipulate you through chemical imbalances hear me there's healing (laughs) hear me right now because the God doesn't want you to leave here with the same old troubled thoughts in mind, having chemical imbalances. I, because I've been in revival services where there was a young man sitting on the back pew, seven years old, had a severe case of autism. Very severe case to where he could not even look in his mother's eyes and father's eyes and communicate with him and articulate words to connect with his own parents. It broke their hearts, but in one service, mom and dad came up and they were worshiping. And I'm telling you, the Spirit of God moved in there and the presence of God became so real and so tangible. The mama, just something, just, you know, that mother instinct just kind of clicked and said, there's something wrong with my baby. Something's going on with my baby. So she started to make her way back to that back pew. And when she got there, her little boy that could not look her in the eye or communicate, he sat up straight and looked mom right in the eye and said, mama, a man just came to me me in my dream when I was sleeping and told me everything was going to be all right. There's healing in our mind. So somebody right now All I want you to do. He did not have that broken brow for no reason. But he was trying to show you I did everything that I did. So that I had a broken brow. So you didn't have to wrestle with your thoughts for the rest of your life. And the chemical imbalances that sway you back and forth. So somebody right now. I want you to lift your hands to heaven. And all I want you to do is open your mouth and say. Father I receive healing in my mind now in Jesus. Jesus' name. Come on, right now. Young people, I want you to lay your hand on your head and say, God, protect my mind. Heal my mind from any repetitive trauma of my past in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, there's some guest here right now. You came wrestling with thoughts and preconceived ideas of what life would have been like. And you were devastated. But God is healing your mind right now. Say, I receive it. Come on. Come on. We're stopping for a moment right now. And there's healing that is happening. That's it. you got to use your voice. Faith is released through speaking. You shall say to this mountain. So I want you to open your mouth and physically say, Father, if there's been any repetitive trauma that has brought wounds to my mind in the way that I think, I receive healing now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Because what Lord, the Lord spoke to me, Pastor Dornbach, was that God is moving us forward. But he cannot move us forward until we are healed 
and become whole because what he has for us, he doesn't want the devil to have any kind of advantage through our wounds because he will try to manipulate our wounds to have an advantage. So now, not only did he have a broken brow as the seed so that we can have healing and have a right mind. Listen, because I was, I was a drug addict and there was times where I spent weeks where we were tripping on acid and we're doing all kinds of things that severely scarred my brain and created neurological pathways that years afterwards I could not escape. I would have flashbacks when I would, when I would do certain things of certain degree of, uh, of exertion. I would have flashbacks. Things would go back into color. And, and I'm telling you, I, it scared me to death because I wasn't smart to begin with. But God healed me in my mind. He healed the chemical imbalances. He healed the addictions. He healed. But not only did he have a broken brow. Hear me. Not only did he have a broken brow. But he had the, the Bible says that he had two pierced hands. Two pierced hands, I believe, not, not just one, because with the seed having two pierced hands, I believe this speaks of healing in our relationships. And allow me to explain what I mean by that. Because healing in our relationships, not just one pierced hand, but two. On one hand, through the cross, he gave you the ability to first receive forgiveness so that you could have a healed relationship between you and God. But on the other hand, that you might have healing and extend that same forgiveness to others. Because it's not enough just for you to receive forgiveness. Because God said, when you pray, pray like this. He said, Father, forgive us as we forgive those that trespassed against us. So I believe that God wants to do healing in some of our relationships, not just with God, but with each other. Relationships with people that are in your life, that are the relationships that are seemingly being self-sabotaged. It just these repetitive cycles of relationship. God wants to heal those things before he moves us forward. But we have to understand the seed. He was painting a picture saying, I provided a means for you to not only just have a right relationship with God, but have a right relationship with your mother. A right relationship with your spouse. And the crux of it is forgiveness. Hear me. Forgiveness. Brother Foster. Beautiful word. Hear me. Forgiveness. A lot of times when we think about forgiveness, it's just us receiving forgiveness from God. But do you know once you receive that forgiveness, you have an ability to extend that forgiveness. But once you've received forgiveness, if you don't extend forgiveness to those that have trespassed against you, you once you close this hand from others receiving forgiveness, you shut this hand and you no longer can receive forgiveness. So the devil wins. That's why the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter, I believe it is 10. What did I give you? There it is. It says, watch, in 10 and 11. To whom, this is Paul saying, to whom you forgive anything, forgive, I forgive also. For if I forgive anything, to whom I forgave it, for your sakes, forgive I it in the person of Christ. He said, I've got to forgive them. So the devil, watch, to whom you, now next verse, verse 11. Lest Satan should get an advantage 
Do you understand that the devil cannot defeat the church unless we give him a foothold in our unforgiveness towards each other or towards a spouse that did something or said something? If you do not forgive them, the devil has an advantage of us. So I refuse to allow the devil to have an advantage of us because I won't forgive you. And many times when we think forgiveness, we think about the big things. Somebody stole my truck. Lord, I forgive them. They took my dog. I for- they wrote a country song. I for- <laughs> but we think about forgiveness in these big, grandiose ideas. Somebody burned my house down. Now, if somebody burnt your house down, I am sorry. I'm not making light. I'm just saying. We forgive them. But I'm not so worried about the big things. Because those are the first two things that we forgive. But it's the little things. Because the Bible, like Brother Foster was talking about, that root of bitterness. You know where roots come from? So I'm talking about that, that, that little ill-timed word that somebody spoke and it didn't sit right with you. And you just, you don't know what they meant by it. And you just let that seed. You know what? There's people, I, I, I forgive them and they didn't even know they did anything wrong. I forgive my wife all the time. Now let me clarify before you take that and run with it. Because there's sometimes me and my wife, she is one of the quick-wittedest person. I've, I don't even know if I just said that right. Quick. That's the thing about a preacher. You can make up words. That's how smart we are, okay? Right? But no, my wife, she is so quick. And sometimes we'll just have this playful banter. And all of a sudden, she'll kind of slip something in there and just hits me wrong. And and there are times where I have to take that and I have to go outside and I say, Father, you know what? That kind of of upset my peace. Father, I forgive her because I don't want that ill-timed word to be lodged in my spirit. And she didn't mean anything by it, but I don't want it to make a root of bitterness in me and cause my marriage to to self-destruct. So hear me. It's because here's the thing about forgiveness I've had to forgive ministry I've had to forgive church people not because they were wrong because listen forgiveness is not about them being guilty it's about me being free so whether they meant it or not father I forgive them for anything that they did well they didn't mean nothing by it no don't fall for that trap whether they meant it or not father I forgive them because Jesus when he said on the cross he said father forgive them for they know not what they do listen they were guilty but his forgiveness was not about making them guilty and putting guilt on them it was about taking guilt away from so when I forgive them it's not about them being guilty So if you want to have a healthy marriage and a healthy family, you better learn to forgive fast and forgive often because there was a seed that died on Calvary that said, Father, forgive us as we forgive those. So somebody by the end of this day, I just feel like you might just want to reach out to somebody and just reconnect that you might might just want to say, you know what, if I've ever done anything to hurt you, forgive me. Don't go to them. Don't call them on the phone and say, hey, I forgive you. Don't do that. (laughs) Say, if I've done anything. Because there's times, I'm telling you, 
Can you forgive God? This is a theological question that that pastor is much more equipped and able to answer. But if forgiveness is not about guilt, because you can't forgive God, he never did anything wrong. But it's not about what he did, it's how I perceived it. So Father, I didn't understand what you did. I release you. I forgive you because I didn't understand, not because you did something wrong. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to stop again, and we're going to take a moment to extend forgiveness and to receive it so that we can have healing in the church. Healing between us, because we cannot move forward if the devil has an advantage of us. So I want you to close your eyes right now, and I want you to lift your hands, and do not let what Jesus did on Calvary be in vain. If you took those nails in your hands and extended them horizontally and said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. That's it right now. Father, if there's anything in my heart towards anybody, Lord, I pray. I forgive them. I release them. Somebody, you need to forgive family. Somebody, you need to... Some parent needs to forgive their children because there's a hidden resentment in your heart because they didn't live the way you trained them. They didn't live up to the investment that you made when you raised them. I want you to say, Father, I forgive my children. They didn't live it like I taught them. But I forgive and I release them and that's their first step home come on somebody right now Father I receive healing I want you to say Father I forgive them I release them Father I forgive my spouse for whatever had happened for, for the negligence whatever it was I forgive and I re- come on somebody I'm telling you I'm not just preaching that there's a healing in this house for marriages there's a healing in this house for families come on some of you fathers you didn't mean it Now just one more time, say, I receive healing in my relationships. We've got to make things right if we're going to move forward. Now are you ready? There's another part of the seed we must explore. Because if you look at the seed as he hung on the tree, the Bible says in John chapter 19 that there came a Roman spear that punctured his side. And out of his side flowed blood and water. And Jesus' blood and water that flowed out of his side tells us something medically. It tells us that while he was on the cross, when they would crucify a person, they would begin to suffocate. And as they began to suffocate, their heart would be under such traumatic stress that their cardiac sac would begin to fill with fluid in an effort to preserve itself. So when that Roman spear pierced the seed side, it revealed the contents of his heart, the blood in the water. This tells us that, that when that cardiac sac was filled with fluid, the blood and water in an effort to preserve itself, when, when that Roman spear pierced the side, it punctured that cardiac sac, revealing to us that the seed died with a broken in the seed. He was laid in that garden. With a broken heart. 
so that you did not have to live with yours. This tells us that this is healing in our emotions. That he said, listen, I'll experience a broken heart so you don't have to carry the emotional baggage that's been weighing you down for years. You don't have to carry that anymore. And I've walked around and been around long enough at refuge that we've been healed in certain areas. But there are some of us that still have our emotions are like a raw nerve that anybody gets close to it and touches it. It just kind of sparks something. But I'm here to tell you the seed. He had a broken heart. said, listen, let me have the broken heart. He said, let me die with that broken heart so that you don't have to live with yours let me show you something even Jesus himself said it in Luke 4 and 18 he said for the spirit of the Lord is upon me and has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor bring that up for him Luke 4 and 18 it says he's not given me or, or for the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, but did not tell them how he was going to do it Do you realize what he did for you is not just some kind of message that's supposed to move you to an altar, but it is something that can be lived in your life. He was here to heal the brokenhearted. But watch what it says. To preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are... Set at liberty them that are... Did you know you can be bound, held hostage by a bruise? What's a bruise? A bruise is a wound underneath the surface. It's when you're bleeding on the inside. Others may not know about it. You may show no signs. There's no blood. So we're okay. But hear me. We're not okay. There are some of us, like Brother Foster said, there are times where we will walk wounded, but there are other times where God will present us an opportunity for healing. But if we, like Brother Foster said, not willing to extend that withered hand and say, you know what, I've got some wounds on the inside and I'm bleeding underneath the surface. He said, that's why that Roman spear had to reveal the contents of my heart to show you that I did not die in vain, but that your emotions can be healed because of Daddy abandoning us when we have abandonment issues now we think everybody's going to leave us and everybody's out to get us no he is saying you don't have to live like that Somebody right now. And that even that even goes for church hurt. There's no such thing as church hurt. People in the church may have hurt you, but the church did not hurt you. So please do not put on the church what people did to you and allow God. He said, I built in this benefits package. There is healing for that type of hurt. So somebody right now, I want you right now. To just lift your hands. Some of you, God has robbed, the devil has robbed you of your vision because of a broken heart. 
Some of you said, I'm not emotional. That's just not who I am. I understand that you would rather turn off your emotions and have to deal with a broken heart. But Jesus said, there's healing that's coming to Refuge Church right now. So everybody in this house, would you please lift your hands from the front to the back, the sound booth, side to side. I want you to lift those hands and just say, Father, if there is any brokenness in my heart, if there's any wounds underneath the surface, I need you to heal me for what through what you did on Calvary it starts with my mind but my thoughts make their way into my hands and my relationships but then oh God into my heart come on that's it somebody receive it just say I receive healing in my emotions right now come on there's some mother right now there's some young person right now that your emotions are going crazy because of things that are going on in you but I'm here to tell you there is a God in heaven that can heal that can help set those emotions right come on can you feel it right now it's happening Come on, let that voice out. I hear somebody. Let that voice out. Jesus, let us not take the Calvary's cross in vain. What you did for us, let us not leave it there vacant and void of purpose. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. That's it right now. Just lift those hands in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you God is mending somebody's heart right now that had once been broken somebody is putting back the pieces the broken pieces of a heart that once was Can I say this for somebody that's in this house? I don't know who it's for, but I know it's for somebody. It's, I see somebody that you're kind of kneeled over at what looks like a bunch of broken pieces of shards and glass. But it, it's a heart. And you've spent the last few years of your life trying to pick up the broken piece of your heart that once was. But there is Jesus standing right behind you while your focus has been on the brokenness that is before you and you're trying to pick up the broken pieces. There is a God in heaven that's standing right behind you with a brand new heart saying, just let me give you what I have for you. Don't focus on your brokenness. Don't focus on the pieces of your past but receive now see this is how we get to the miracles where it manifests physically because did you know everything that I've mentioned it happens in the unseen did you know because that's how a seed works it always works underneath the surface and has roots before it ever springs up producing fruit in the seen so that's why you want to see people have miracles where we can lay our eyes on it and see it. This is how it happens. Because not only did he have a broken brow, two pierced hands, and also a pierced side. But hear me, Brother Green. You know what else he did? He had 39 stripes 
on his back. I don't know who's playing the piano. Are you playing the piano for the altar? Yeah, go ahead, sis. You want to make your way up there? Give them a little hope that I'm almost done. Don't play yet. We got to get at least 15 more minutes out of this. I'm just kidding. They all got nervous and they're hungry. No, you can start playing. I don't care. No, not yet. Just wait. Just Heal my double-mindedness, Lord. Do you realize what's happening? It starts with the mind. and It begins to flow. Because God doesn't want you just to be healed. He wants you to be whole. But the 39 stripes on Jesus' back, the seed. I believe this speaks of physical healing. I'll tell you why. Because did you know the World Health Organization, we've become pretty acquainted with them this last year did you know they existed before last year they did I promise you look it up Wikipedia my mentor my mentor Google told me but hear me the World Health Organization has what they call the ICD coding systems and it's the way they categorize diseases Major diseases and illnesses. It's how they categorize and label them. But in 2010, did you know that the World Health Organization, that used to be that they had 17 major categories of diseases. But in 2010, they finally caught up with what Jesus had done over 2,000 years ago. And they changed the categories from seven categories to 39 major categories of sickness and disease. And the seed took a stripe for every category of sickness, illness, disease that you could ever have. You know what the seed was saying before he was ever laid in a grave? He's saying it doesn't matter what happens in your broken body. I've already built into the benefits package a healing for every illness, every sickness. He took a stripe for cancer. He took a stripe for diabetes. He took a stripe. Hey, it doesn't matter what's going on with multiple sclerosis. It doesn't matter. There was a seed. Come on, I wish you'd stand to your feet right now. Hey. hey. You hear me, Pastor Dornbach? I'm going to preach a refuge church right now. I want you to understand that it doesn't matter what sickness, it doesn't matter what illness, it doesn't matter what kind of physical ailment. There was a time about a year ago, we were in a church, and as I was preaching, I was talking about healing that was provided through Calvary, just like this. And I walked down the road, or down the aisle, and as I was walking, I kind of just came and I just, you know, didn't think nothing of it. I was just kind of touching people. And I touched this young man, or not this, I touched this young man. I just put my hand on his his shoulder. It was an elder of the church, a pillar in the church. I didn't know him. But when I laid my hand on his shoulder, just talking, not even think about healing. Not even, I'm just preaching to them about healing. And then what I didn't realize had happened for this man for 30 years, his shoulder had been paralyzed. 
And he said, Brother Near, at the end, he came up and he said, Brother Near, you didn't know it, but my shoulder for 30 years had been paralyzed. I'd not been able to lift my hands. He said, but when you came and you laid your hand on my shoulder, he said, I felt it like fire shoot down through my nerves. I, I felt it like electricity. And he said, look what God did. And he goes like this and starts doing this number. And I'm telling you, the place fell apart. See, we want the physical. But the only way we get the faith for the physical if we allow God to heal us in all the other areas first. So I'm telling you, in a moment, it doesn't matter what's going on in your brain. It doesn't matter what's going on in your emotions, your family, your marriage. There is going to be this massive healing that comes to Refuge Church that is going to literally enable us to move forward at such a breakneck speed for revival like never before. But before we do, before we pray, there's one more thing that we need to address. That did you know the seed on that cross with all the wounds that he bore for us to have healing? He had one more wound and it was when they put him on that cross... They would take a six to nine inch nail and they would drive it overlapping his feet and drive it through the thickest part of the foot so that the cross, that nail could bear the weight of the body. They would have to overlap it and put that nail through the thickest part of the foot, which was the heel. And it was like Jesus saying, Remember what I told you from the very beginning? That there was a seed. The devil, you, I'm going to crush your head, but you may bruise my heel. So you know what Jesus was saying as the seed to the church? He was saying, listen, if I told you I would, I will not forget my word. So devil, you may bruise my heel. But I am going to crush your head. What I believe this represents, hear me, is healing in our faith. Because life, pastor, has a way of chipping away at our faith. To the place where we can be faithful, but we become faithless because we take one step after another. But life keeps on happening, one thing after another. And I saw us, Pastor, we were trying to move forward, but the devil kept chipping away at our faith. But all we have to do is look back at Calvary and Jesus' reminder that if I told you I would do it, I will remember every promise, every prophecy. If I said that my heel would be bruised, So Pastor Dornbach, Sister Dornbach, I want you to lift your hands right now. And I believe that God is restoring our faith to the full. God is healing our faith because it's been one thing after another. It's been sickness. It's been pain. It's been all these things. 
Lift your hands all over this house. Father, heal our faith. He's saying, you may have forgot the promise and the prophecy I gave you seven years ago, but I've not forgot that vision that I gave to this church. I've not forgot what I told you I would do. Hey, the devil may have forgot about it. You may have forgot about it, but the God of heaven... come on that's it sir somebody you're coming back to God somebody you're coming back to God God's got a healing for you right now he's healing your faith in spite of what people have done in spite of what they have said now receive your healing now you ready we're going to pray one more prayer are you ready And this is where I'm going to open this altar and I'm going to ask you to be brave. I'm going to ask you to be so bold because your family depends on it. If you want this healing and you would like to receive the seed, guess what? You're the perfect, perfect environment for a seed. Because you know where God made Adam from? God made Adam from the dust of the earth from the soil God made us so you know what God created you in such a way that you are the perfect environment for that seed to come live dwell and to produce fruit but you know what your requirement is as the soil the only thing you have to do in response to the seed All you have to do, Brother Chad, the soil, all it has to do is simply be broken. That's it. You just have to be broken. You just have to be able to say, you know what? I don't have all the answers. I don't have this all figured out. I don't know what to do with my marriage, my family, my kids. I don't know. And when you come like that with your brokenness, it's your brokenness that enables you as the soil to receive the seed. And the very brokenness you once despised is the very thing that enabled you to receive now. So will you be so bold and so brave to maybe just step out of your seat and come to this altar and say, you know what, God, I don't have it all figured out. I don't have all the answers, but here I am. And I want you to bring your brokenness. And God is going to bring healing in all the levels that we spoke of. Come on, bring your spouse, bring your children. Come, and all you have to do is just lift your hands and receive.